Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chasing Banners, episode 25, quarter to 100. We, f- we freaking made it. My, na- my freaking made it, Ryan. We freaking made it. My, <laughs> my name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. You can find all sorts of Celtics NBA content. You can find my blog, uh, my podcast, my YouTube channel. Anything you want to know about me, really, you can find on Twitter at Dante on Deck. And like always, for the 25th time, I've had the privilege of introducing my co-host, the wonderful, the beautiful Mr. Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, how's your day going so far, buddy? My day is wonderful, Dante. And real quick, we are since this is the 25th episode of Chasing Banners, we are making this the KC Jones episode. So rest in peace to a Celtics legend and someone who really uh, epitomized what it meant to be a Celtic. But yeah, Dante, I am doing wonderful. I am here to talk some Celtics basketball yet again for the 25th time in a year. The 25th time ever talking Celtics yes. basketball. I've only talked with the Celtics 25 times in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is my 25th time. I don't know anything else. (laughs) All right. So, want to get into it a little bit, Dante? Uh, Yeah, let's get into it, bro. Enough of the introduction. We're here to talk Celtics. No more introductions. No, you guys know who we are. You know where you can find us. But let's talk about some Celtics. So, the last week, um, we had a few games that happened. There were a few... uh, Big things in general that happen regarding this team, um, but we're just going to go one by one. We're just going to start off uh, just mentioning the games, going over them a little bit. First game, uh, Celtics played the Raptors. They beat them 126 to 114. Uh, this was a lot of a few guys out for Boston this game. They had really uh, very thin with guards. Uh, Smart and Teague were out, so we were expecting a change in the starting lineup for sure. Uh, we didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, a lot of people were saying Pritchard was going to start, uh, and he did not. He was <laughs> he was coming off the bench. He had a great night. I'll, I'm going to get into that in a second. But Tremont Waters started. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I I I, I kind of get where Brad Stevens was coming from. It was kind of like a, a curveball wild card. Um, no one was really expecting it, but it 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 just I don't know. I don't want to see Tremont Waters starting. I don't know about you, Ryan, but uh, Tremont Waters is not a guy that should be getting 24 minutes a night. I know they were, you know, thin on guards, whatever, this and that. But, uh, yeah, not not for me. But they won by 12 points regardless. Um, Ryan, what were the biggest takeaways from you this game? Uh, to bring up that point you said about Pritchard not starting, that was honestly really shocking to me. Like, yeah. I, I understand A lot of people that. thought it was going to happen, like yeah. almost everyone. I, I honestly thought it was. I had like literally like reported it on my Sheen's World <laughs> account just mm-hmm. thinking yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah, happen, yeah, yeah. But it didn't happen. But I, I can understand. I mean, Tremont's got a year over uh, Pritchard. He wants to see if Tremont can do something in a starting role. And um, obviously at this point, if it comes down to this situation again, we know who will be starting. And it will be yep. Pritchard over Tremont. And for obvious reasons. But what stood out to me that game was literally Pritchard. I mean, this yeah. guy is an absolute bucket. He dropped 23 points. He had eight assists. I mean, why the hell did we not start this dude? And he did it in 32 minutes on eight for three from the field, two for four from three, five for five from, from the free throw. I mean, this, this kid is killing it, Dante. Oh, so efficient. I too. absolutely love this kid. The thing is, is like, it's not that he's putting up like – he's putting up good numbers, but like he's doing it super efficiently. He's shooting, he is shooting 52% from the field and 42% from three this year and 90% from the free throw line. So he's having a 
50-40-90 season right now as a rookie. Um, I, like, I feel like we just talk about him all the time. I don't want to sound like a broken record saying, like, he's the real deal, he's this and that, because he is. Um, but, you know, every game, he, it's something different, whether he's putting up a career high in points and assists or just making hustle plays, making game-winning plays, whatever it is, he is just – he's always there. Um, and Tatum had 40 points this game, 40 and 6. Um, Brown had 42 just a few nights before, so this was kind of Tatum, like, try, trying to get one up on him. Uh, his career high was 41, so he was one away. He had the 40 points early on, um, but he just couldn't uh, get – the career high he got taken out and then it got kind of closer so the Celtics throw him back in and he didn't score but regardless he had 40.6 rebounds went to the line 13 times went 13 for 13 from the free throw line um, entering that game he only went to the free throw line 20 times that season and he went there 13 times so that was a great game for him um, and the Celtics won by 12 I mean they blew a third quarter lead uh, almost blew it in the fourth they always That's blow leads. Always, always blow leads. So, I mean, that was, every game we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, that, you can just kind of expect that to happen. But that was that. Um, next game, they oh, want to get. Real quick, Dante. Yeah, go um, ahead. I, just looking at the numbers here, um, our guy, Aaron Neesmith, continues to struggle. And yeah. honestly, um, I wish uh, bringing up the mean red claws, I don't know if. Uh, Celtics fans have heard this yet. They probably should have, but they're not participating in the G League bubble. Um, I wish they did just primarily for Aaron Neesmith because this kid needs it so much. Like, I, I, I don't know if we'll see Aaron Neesmith make any sort of um, improvement, like very major improvement this year because this kid's just going to continue to struggle. I mean, in the Raptors game, he went 0 for 3. He played 10 minutes. He had a couple boards, but I mean, this guy was supposed to be a sharpshooter coming straight off the bench, coming straight out of college, supposed to be an impact. And obviously something's going wrong there. He's just not up to speed yet. So with the absence of the G League this year, um, I, I feel like it's really going to hurt his development just because his rookie year, it, it was supposed to be so big. But now it's just, you know, he doesn't even have anywhere to go to go and improve. He has to be stuck on the bench and just stay there. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel bad for him. I, I hope he can um, try to figure out somehow how to make an impact on this team because right now he's not doing it. Ten games into the season, he's not doing it. So Yeah, I, I, and I think that kind of plays a part too. Like I, I've said in the past, like the, the not having summer league or like an extended training camp, you know, it affects guys like him because, uh, you know, we thought he was going to come and make an immediate impact. And, you know, we really didn't think uh, Pritchard was going to make as big of an impact as he is. Um, but, you know, I think you kind of see in that sense where the four years of college really benefits someone. Yeah. Um, Pritchard didn't have to go through – he didn't have to go through summer league. He doesn't have to play in the G League. Like, he's – he was pretty NBA ready. Neesmith, I mean, he had a, he played his freshman year of college, uh, played like 15, 20 games his second year. So, I mean, he really doesn't have much – you know, under his belt as far as experience goes. So, um, you know, missing out those things. And, and of course, with the G League, I mean, that would have been perfect for him, just kind of getting more up to speed with the NBA. Um, I think it's just one of those things where it's, you know, it's not – you don't give up on him. Like, obviously not. I mean, no. it's 10 games into his freaking career, but it's just no. like it's going to be a while. Like, it's not yeah. going to be as quick as people thought. And, hey, that's not a bad thing. I mean, there are a lot of players where it takes a few years. I mean – Jimmy Butler is, I mean, really the perfect example. I mean, it really took him like three, four years to really make a name for himself. Um, 
and I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying in an instance, like, you know, sometimes it takes guys time to develop Jalen Brown. He barely played his rookie year. He played 16, 17 minutes a game, average six points. You know, it's just like, sometimes it's just, a, it's a matter of opportunity. Um, I think this year is going to be tough for him to get a big opportunity, but you know, it'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, and I think he'll be fine. I, I think we said bad. it. I, th- I said this before too. Like, um, I do feel bad as well. I, I think Pritchard playing as well as he is just kind of like makes it not suck as much. Because if both of them weren't like, if Pritchard wasn't having the year that he's having, we would we would have been like Danny Ainge just drafted too like bad. <laughs> you know, what I mean, that's just yeah. what the narrative would have been. Um, but since Pritchard's doing well, I think that's kind of covering up Neesmith's downfall. Just uh, his. Not downfall. That's not the correct term to his use. His slow start. His slow start. Yeah, that that's more like it. Not a downfall. The kid's like 19 years old. He's not going through a downfall. Just, but anyways. Just to save your sanity, I don't think he'll ever turn out to be uh, James Young, who was supposed to be the Oh, the God. Don't, 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 I, I'm just letting you know, people, do not worry about that. Eric we don't Smith, have... <laughs> just think about the factors involved. Obviously, he hasn't been able to practice, basically. Yeah, we don't have, so, to, bring huh. the J, we don't have to bring up the JY words. Um huh. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the next game. Uh, the Celtics played the Miami Heat. Um, this was, you know, I was so excited to watch this game because this was just a rematch from the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics obviously just, I know Semi Ojale, Robert Williams said before the game that they were looking forward to this game. Uh, this game was definitely circled on a lot of guys' calendars, uh, and they won. They won 107 to 105. They looked great early on. Um, Hey, sorry, two centers again um, wanted me to – I wanted to break my TV, but they did that anyways. Um, but they looked okay in the first uh, first quarter. It kept it up. Uh, they were up by eight at half, looking okay. They were up by 17 at one point. Um, and then the third quarter came. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard this before, um, but the Celtics uh, blew, blew the lead. Um, it got down to 10. Then it got down to four. And then it got to a point where it was tied at the end of the game. And uh, Tatum had 27. He was keeping the Celtics afloat. He ha- he was scoring in the third quarter. Uh, he I think he actually had a good amount of the first, but he went off in the third quarter, just keeping the Celtics afloat. Uh, keeping you know, if he didn't do his thing in the third, the Heat would have gone up by like 10, and that would have just I don't, I don't know how the rest of the game would have been. Um, and really, I mean. <laughs> The game was saved by Peyton Pritchard. I mean, the, Marcus Smart went in for Marcus Smart. I, I don't want to get into it too much, but he he was having he struggled this game. He shot um, three for ten, one for three from three. He was taking stupid shots down the stretch. He took a layup uh, to try to win the game. When honestly, it, I don't know why the Jays aren't the ones in that position taking the final shot. Um, and as soon as he missed it, he was you know getting in the ref's face, like kind of complaining and stuff like that. While that was dumb play. Up on everything and put uh, got an offensive rebound, put back layup, and the Celtics won by two. Um, yeah, it was kind of very. It was scary because the Celtics were up by like ten. They were up by ten or something with a minute left, and then the Heat scored ten points in fifty seconds. Uh, there were a few calls. The last two minute report came out. And there was a bunch of calls on Boston that should have been called. Marcus Smart should have been fouled on that layup that I just mentioned. Robinson had an and one three, shouldn't have gotten fouled. Um, a few different things happened there, but the Celtics ultimately got the two-point win. So, Ryan, what was the biggest thing for you that game, I guess? Uh, the biggest thing for me was just keep fighting. I mean, they kept yeah. going. I mean, at the end of the game when they were getting all those calls when they probably shouldn't have been called, they kept pushing. Yep. and Ultimately, they came out with the win. I loved how Pritchard crashed the boards on that play. 
And th- he had four offensive rebounds this game. Yeah, I mean, it's showing like his IQ and like his ability to read is is really showing. I mean, like he read that play perfectly. He mm-hmm. was there and he put it right in. Um, I wanted to point out that play actually because Evan Singleton, um, he actually pointed this out, which caught my eye. It was a very uncharacteristic reaction to how Marcus Smart reacted to that play. He got up, thought he should have gotten the foul, and instead of just, you know, celebrating with his team, he went towards the ref and started getting in his face and yelling at him. Yeah. Now that, that, was, I, that, that freaked me out because it was 107-105. That's a tech right there. They get the ball back and they can win it easily. So mm-hmm. it's just like, Marcus – You've been on this team for so many years now. You are one of the leaders of this team. You are a very big voice of this team. And you are a very important piece of this team. And if you make a play like that, that that's just not good. It's just very uncharacteristic, and people are going to remember that. Like, if yeah. you had blown the game because you didn't get the call you wanted, shame on you, honestly, because you had just gotten the win. You should have been celebrating with your team. Forget the call. But – other than that, I mean, they played well. I mean, yeah. I know Jalen only shot like 8 for 23. Um, I know Tatum went like 10 for 21. I know Peyton Pritchard went 3 for 10. Um, but, I mean, they got the win. That's what matters. Um, it's just one of those games. The last two-minute report comes out just to piss people off. They don't even yeah. really do anything with it. The only reason they come out with it is to say, oh, we messed up. But we're never going to fix it. And we won't do anything to fix it. Yeah, we won't fix it, though. That's all it's there for. Yeah, (laughs) so that was was really the game. I mean, that was just, uh, you know, Celtics played well, held the lead, lost the lead, uh, you know, kept going back and forth. Once they blew the lead in the third quarter, it was just back and forth the entire way. Like, if they didn't have that early lead, like, I don't know how the game would have ended. But, yeah, thank God for Payton Pritchard. He had four four offensive rebounds, and he was asked. They were like, so, like, you know, what – what why do you crash the board so much? Like, well, explain that. And he was just like, you know, there's so much attention on Jason and Jalen. Like, it just gives me opportunities to, you know, you know, do things that, you know, people wasn't – the Heat weren't expecting Pritchard to come in on that last play and get the offensive rebound tip in. You know what I mean? So, it just – when you have the attention created from the other guys around him, it allows him to be able to step up in moments like that. So, that was – the legend of Pritchard lives on, and it lived on, and it uh, dragged over into – the game against Washington. This was the last game that we're going to talk about. Um, this game, we had – this was the first game of where we should have seen uh, – we should have known that this wasn't going to be going uh, looking good going forward. The Celtics had Thompson, Robert Williams, Grant Williams um, all out because of health and safety protocols, a.k.a. COVID. Um, Robert Williams tested positive, and they contact Trace and Grant and Thompson both, you know, were – in contact with him. Um, so they have to set out a mandatory seven days, at least uh, Robert Williams, maybe a little bit more because he tested positive, but so the Celtics were thin going into this game. Um, Bradley Beal, just coming off of a 60 point performance comes in, drops 41 against Boston um, Tatum at 32. Uh, well, let me, the Celtics won by nine. So let me, let me start by that. The Celtics won, uh, but Tatum had 32, um, Brown had 27, 13 rebounds, five assists, his very first, um, I think 25, 10 and five game of his career. So that was pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, smart had 13 points, two for 10 shooting, um, five rebounds, yeah. five assists, Oh, for five from three. 
Went to the free throw line 11 times, hit nine of them. So there's that. Um, didn't have a good shooting night. And then Taco Fall, I, I think this was really the biggest takeaway other yeah. than Tatum and Beal going back and forth was Taco Fall actually getting NBA minutes. And he had four points, eight rebounds, three blocks in 19 minutes. And he had a plus 13, which was the third highest on the team. So I feel like that's the I feel like to me that's like the biggest takeaway uh, other than you know Tatum doing his thing um Taco Fall if I can just say this really quick the biggest thing with me and Taco Fall was I didn't think he'd, I don't, he out played 19 minutes last night and I didn't think the 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 reason why he doesn't play that much is we don't know if he can play 20 minutes a night like we think he's a guy that can play like in little spurts like five ten minutes a game situational can basketball. he play can he play 20 minutes a night this game proved that he did. I mean, for, listen, for the most part, he looked really good out there. Like, obviously, a seven foot five guy just changes a lot of things. It changes the dynamic on defense. Um, you know, it alters, you know, how players go around him. I mean, I remember Bradley Beal, for example, when he was trying to hit shots over him, he had it like really there was one fading mid he had that he had a high arc it so much just to get it over Taco's hands. And I'm like, you I could tell that he just like felt uncomfortable shooting that. But he makes guys have to react like that and shoot like that um blocking shots getting offensive rebounds there were times when on offense he looked very lost there were some clips on twitter i saw after the game too where he was just like uh, pritchard was telling him where to go he was still kind of like standing around trying to set screens and not doing much and then the play would end and he'd look over to the, the coaches and he'd be like that's my bad and i it, you know I say like it's the one negative, but it really isn't. I mean, the guy barely plays NBA games. He's on a two-way contract. Like he's not as familiar with the playbook or the team as much as other guys are. So you really can't hold that against someone who just played the most minutes in his NBA career. Um, but yeah, I, I loved what I saw out of him. And, you know, I, I hope this was the start of, you know, him getting a good amount of minutes, at least in the week that we're going to be missing a lot of the big men because we're missing three of them. So Taco has to step up. Um, but yeah, Ryan, what do you, uh, what do you have to say about this game? I'm excited for Taco and him being able to get, get this opportunity to show that he can play some solid minutes is huge. I mean, this is what I've just been waiting for. Just something like this, like basically forcing him to play to see if he's worth keeping around. And I mean, he is worth keeping around. I mean, yeah. just the fact that he had three blocks within, I think he had those three blocks within 10 minutes. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Minutes. He had those blocks in the first eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, he, I mean, early he was getting going. I mean, why not? Like, why not send him in there during yeah. a game, right, for ten minutes when we need him, and have him get a couple blocks, grab like five boards, put up a couple points. Why not have yeah. Taco Fall throughout the season do that? Because I actually enjoy that. I actually, when Taco Fall is out there, I don't mind it. I understand he's very slow. I understand he's not up to the pace of the NBA game, and that might be, be because of his body and how he moves. But I think Taco Fall can do something for this team. And him the other night proved that. Mm -hmm. Like Russell Westbrook, right? Just to say this, yeah. dumb play. That was yeah. his dumb I don't play. know why you try to dunk on a seven-foot-five guy. <laughs> but perfect example. When there's a guy like that, right, we have seven-foot-five Taco Fall to stop. No one is going to be able to go over Taco Fall with both his arms up. And if they do, can... and if they do, it's a top three dunk of all yeah, time. And not even Zion Williamson would be able to do it. It's just a fact. If Taco Fall can come into the game and just do that, 
what he did to Russell Westbrook, just fill up the gaps and make them shoot threes. Like, say we play a team that is very poor at shooting threes. Put Taco Fall in and make them shoot threes. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, this I, – I mean, I'm happy for Taco Fall. I'm happy he's getting this opportunity because it's showing that there's a reason to keep him around. And also, yeah. he has t- played 25 minutes this season. He has five blocks. He's averaging a block every five minutes, Dante. Give this man the max contract, defensive player yeah. of the year. <laughs> His per 36 numbers are insane. He's just, yeah, I mean, I think historically, was, historically, yeah, he's just putting up historic numbers right now. But I think it's just like one of those things where. You know, he just had to earn his minutes. He just had to, like, you know, when he gets into the game, he needs to give Brad Stevens a reason to keep playing him. And, and he said it. He's like, you know, I wanted to take him out, but I couldn't. He was having good stretches, and I'm hoping within the next week, you know, he continues to have good games. So he gives Brad Stevens a reason to continue playing him even when guys get back. So I'm I'm, ha- I'm very happy for him. Like, he's a guy you want around because you don't want – He's seven foot five. You want seven foot five around. You can't teach seven foot five, um, and you don't want anyone else to have seven foot five either. So no, exactly. Um, and I think that's a reason why we keep him around, honestly, because I feel like if we were to release him, someone within our division, like the Raptors, take him and go up. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I someone in agree. our division would take him. Yeah, just yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, but yeah, just going over the game, just quickly. Um, they had a nineteen point lead at half, a twenty eight point lead with five minutes. Uh, five minutes into the third. Um, and then the Wizards just slowly, slowly came back. And it was a four-point game with seven minutes left. So, yeah, that was that. Uh, the Celtics obviously still ended up winning. But just like every other game, the Celtics just blew a, a late late, a late lead. And they made it a lot closer than it should have. But whatever. It, it is what it is. So The team loves to blow. The blow team, yeah, lead. it's just like, guys, just like rest up. Like, you don't have – like, take advantage of the blowout. Just play well so you don't have to put your starters back out there. But whatever, whatever. So the Celtics then uh, were – they were supposed to play the Miami Heat yesterday, January 10th, and that game got postponed because of COVID. Uh, Jason Tatum tested positive. I remember I was driving around. I had I was doing a few things, um, and then I just happened to go on Twitter, looked at my phone, and I was scrolling through my timeline. I saw Jason Tatum tested positive. About 10, 14 days, mandatory – um, and then Jalen Brown, Semi Ojale, and um, a, f- a few other guys, Javante Green, uh, were questionable because of tracing, uh, health and safety protocols. They were ruled out. So going into this Miami game, all the Celtics had was Pritchard, Smart, Teague, Tremont, and Carson, Aaron Nismith, Tyson Taco. So they had five point guards. They had five, all the all star lineup, if I may add. They had five <laughs> point guards, two of them under 5'10. Um, one center that's seven five and a forward that has barely played in the NBA. And when he has, he hasn't looked good. So this was going to be a very interesting game. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, I wasn't shocked that the game was postponed. I think I was more shocked that it got postponed because of the heat. The heat did not have enough players. They didn't have their league required eight to go up against the Celtics. And I think this this last discussion we're going to have is just going to focus around COVID and like what's going on in the NBA. Like, it's it's just absolutely wild. I mean, right now, I mean, I mean, if you're following what's going on in the world and you know you you you're hearing what all these people are saying, like this was going to be one of the worst months for COVID, like just in general. Um, and it's no different with the NBA. There's no bubble. You know, players are still allowed to do what they want and. Unfortunately, COVID is just going right through the NBA right now. Um, the Sixers are dealing with it. 
the Heat are dealing with it now. Uh, the Celtics are dealing with it. The Mavericks, even I think they have three guys out tonight. Max, uh, Maxi Kleber tested positive, and I think three guys uh, contact tracing. Here's my here's my this is what I want to talk about with COVID, and we're, we're just going to keep this very quick because we don't want this to turn into like a political. This is this isn't a political podcast, and I'm not bringing up politics or anything. But when it comes to COVID, and this is my issue, you. You, you test positive, you should sit out. I understand that. But like, if you're doing the contact tracing, like it's smart because they want to see, you know, who came in contact with who, like who you have to test. If a player tests negative after being in contact with someone, they shouldn't have to sit out seven days mandatory. And I'm not just saying this for the Celtics. I'm not saying this for anyone. I'm not saying this because I'm a Celtics fan or anything. I started saying this when Kevin Durant, this happened to Kevin Durant. He... Uh, got contact traced and they said that he had to sit out seven games or seven days, excuse me. He tested negative three, four straight times in a row. Like if you test negative, I feel like you should be able to still play. Like it's obvious that he didn't have it. He's not going to be able to harm anyone when he's on the floor, but yet the NBA is allowing guys like the Washington wizards where I told you before the show, I mean, you can call it coincidence. You can call it whatever you want, but the last three teams they've played, I mean, the Sixers had to play seven guys the day after or the game after they played the Wizards. The Celtics, uh, they had a bunch of guys out, and then they had to postpone their game the next game. Same with the Heat. All these teams played Washington. Bradley Beal had to get contact traced. He missed a game for health and safety protocols, and he played the very next game. It's just like I don't know if it's not consistent. I don't know, like, what the NBA is doing. They don't want to – they don't want to – uh, call a break. They don't want to do like a two week postponement of the season, which in a way I get because at the same time, like you take the two weeks off, get guys healthy. Sure. You're going to come back and this is just going to happen again. I think this is just bound to happen to most teams in the NBA. It's just a matter of when. Um, and you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to like act like I know everything about COVID. Like I, I, I think the NBA is doing a great job, you know, keeping their players safe for the most part, you know, just like you know, the contact tracing, making guys sit out, they have to, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a little, a little weird. Um, you know, just, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts with everything going on in the NBA right now with COVID Ryan? Just like, what do you think? What, what, what the hell's going on right now? Well, I think it's a very tough situation is what I think it is. Um, in my opinion, you brought up the idea of doing the two-week pause, but and I would do that. But at the same time, it's what you just said. It'd be very tough to do that because, say, we come back two weeks later, all this is just going to happen again. So, I mean, there's really no way to avoid it, which is the unfortunate part. But when it comes down to, like, the 76ers playing with seven guys, as much as I hate the 76ers being a Celtics fan, you should not allow the 76ers to play with seven guys. That is ridiculous yeah they had eight originally and then they had mike scott is out but they put him on way too they put him on too late so the nba still let them play like that's ridiculous like seven players like you can't do that and you know with covid this year the nba finals you know with the bubble it was a little bit different i mean everyone basically had full strength besides the ones that opted out before the bubble but with this this year, I think this year would be more challenging to win it than the bubble. A lot, an NBA executive actually came out and said that this is the asterisk year. Like people were saying last year was like, yeah. this is the asterisk. I, year I believe this would be the year because with the bubble, right? 
you still were able to have everyone full strength. Mm -hmm. There was not one negative test throughout the entire time they were there. So that means everyone had their team and the only way they were missing was because of injury Mm -hmm. With, with now, with now we almost saw the Celtics play last night without one star. Well, Marcus Smart, like he was about to be the Oklahoma State Celtics. <laughs> At least twenty-five like, shots he was taking. This, this, this is it going to be a challenging year, and mm-hmm. there's honestly no way to avoid it because that's just reality. But reality is, if they want to keep going, they got to keep going, and people have to understand that there's going to be losses that shouldn't happen, mm-hmm. but it's going to happen. Yeah, and this year, if when the finals do come around, I wouldn't even put an asterisk behind it because every team is going to go through a challenge, losing a star here or there and losing games they shouldn't have. No, ex- there, there won't be any excuses about that because every team went through it. But this is definitely the most challenging year they have faced, and it's especially more challenging than last year. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is what they signed up for. They knew what they were getting themselves into. Even last year, like with the bubble, they said, like, listen – if we're starting this, we're finishing it. Like we, we can't just start it and then stop it halfway through. I know it was a little different last time around because there was a bunch of stuff going on other than COVID with the protesting and, you know, all, all the terrible things that were going on in the world. But, you know, now, um, you know, players committed to playing the season. They committed to not playing in a bubble. You know, they took the responsibility where it's like, you know, if, if, if shit happens, shit happens. Um, and then shit's happening right now. So it's just like, you know, this is what you had to expect was going to happen. You can't, like you said, there's no excuses. I don't, I don't think it's an asterisk year. I wouldn't have no. said it last year. A, a, lot of people say year. It's, a lot of people say it's a, it's a Disney trophy. People saying it, it's more challenging. And, and you said it, like everyone's going to go through this the, the same, at some point, at least most teams are. And I said this, I said this earlier in the year. I said this beginning of the year. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying it because it's the truth. The team that's going to win the championship this year is the team that's going to be able to stay healthy. Because, like, you think about it, like, the finals come around. Let's say the Lakers are in the finals. If LeBron James tested po- test positive for COVID, like, that's it. Like, the Lakers are going to lose. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just how it's going to go. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see if LeBron does get it and to see if the, what the NBA does with that and to see if they actually do postpone it two weeks or something. But just like that is what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's going to come down to who can say the healthiest and you know it's a bad time right now adam silver said you know just february is going to be much better um not just he's not saying that like a lot of you know uh, the people that are in charge of covid everything that's going on like they're saying like it's going to get better and better um they just have to go through it they just have to keep grinding through it they knew this was going to happen like i said and that's that but i don't know i just wish that there was more like clearness uh, like things that just made more sense. Like, yeah, if, you test, like if you test negative a few times, like you should be able to play. You know what I mean? Like I personally, I mean, I'm not an athlete or anything, but what I'm saying is I was in very close contact tw- in two different occasions uh, with people that had COVID and I got tested and I tested negative and I was fine. Like if like in that instance, I'm good. Like I can still, I don't have to quarantine all this and that. Like even if you come in close contact with some, doesn't mean you have it. As long as you test negative, you should be good to go. And it, maybe it's like a, you know, like let's say what Jason Tatum. We'll, we'll just I'm just throwing a name out there. Let's say the day before he plays a game, he has to uh, get contact traced and he might have to sit time. Have him test test him a few times over the next day or two. Have him miss one game if anything, and then if he keeps testing negative, let him play. That's how it should be in my opinion. I'm not a doctor, like I said, but 
it, that just what makes most sense in my head. Maybe my head's a little messed up, but I, I think that sounds like the best the best way to go, in my opinion. The the only thing I know about um, with the COVID and quarantine and all that, they really don't say it, it doesn't pop up between like four and seven days. Both uh, Williams, and both body. Robert and Jason were asymptomatic. Yeah. So, so like, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't even really like really show in your system. So that's the, the situation with like Kevin Durant, let's say mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's still in that situation because like they have to wait a certain amount of time. Like they say four to seven days, if like it's past day seven and he's still testing negative, then I'd say, yeah, like it's reasonable to let him yeah. go. But that, that's why they keep him in. And the, I was going to say quick, the contact tracing is so confusing to me mm-hmm. because you could say Bradley Beal had COVID the other night, right? Playing during that game. Only Tatum and Jalen Brown and those guys get contact traced. But why doesn't the whole team get well, contact? So, yeah. So, you know going I mean? into that, when Robert Thompson and Grant were out, um, when Robert tested positive and they sat out Grant um, Thompson and uh, whoever else it was, or I think that was it. But why Why is the entire team not getting contact yeah, tracing? I don't they, understand obviously, that. all they're all touching the basketball. They're all teammates. They're all around each other. Just because yeah. they said they contact trace Williams and Thompson because they were sitting next to each other on the bench. Yeah, but okay. what about the ball touching What about everyone else? Yeah. I don't get that. Bradley, Jason Tatum tested positive, and Bradley, him and Bradley Beal were fa- having a face-to-face conversation after the game. Like, it, it, it's very confusing. And like I said, Bradley Beal, they sat him out, health and safety protocols, and then he, they said he can play. I think they have a game tonight, and I'm pretty sure he's going to play tonight. It's just like it's just really confusing. weird. It's it doesn't. Confusing. It's confusing for sure. I understand what you're saying with the four seven days. Um, you know, it not being in your system, it could take a while to show up. I, I'm not, I'm not questioning what the NBA is doing because like whether it whether it's too precautionary or not, they're still doing everything that they can to keep their players. They healthy. do the best out of all. So the I rec- out of all the leagues, they are they doing do the, the best absolute job. best. Like the NFL was an absolute like. <laughs> they, they were a shit show this year. They yeah. really were. They had they the thing that was funny. I know this is not NFL or anything. The thing that was just funny about that situation was they had all that time all summer mm, from the draft yeah. all the way mm-hmm. on to make a plan, and they yep. literally like, just sat Nothing. on their thumbs and didn't do shit. Like yeah, yeah, that, that was embarrassing. They were like the one league where it was like, okay, the NFL is going to set the example. Like they're going to be the ones that do <sighs> things the right way. Excuse me, the right way, and uh, they did not. But yeah, you know, I respect Adam Silver. I think he's the best commissioner in sports, and I, I think he's doing a great job uh, with keeping everyone healthy. But you know, I, I think it's fair to say that a lot of the stuff going on with COVID and the NBA is very confusing. I, I think that's an understatement. But um, yeah, so the Celtics—they uh, have a game tomorrow against the Bulls. Um, they should have eight guys. Uh, they were going to have eight guys against Miami. Um, Chicago played last night, so I. You know, I haven't heard anything about them, anyone getting sick there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from what we were expecting to see against Miami, we're just going to expect to see against Chicago. We'll see how this eight-man lineup goes. Um, Ryan, what, what do you, what's your uh, starting lineup prediction against the Bulls with, with those eight guys that are healthy? Tell me, tell me the eight All guys right. again. It's we Marcus got Smart. Smart, Teague, Pritchard, Tremont, Carson, Neesmith, Tyson, Taco. Yeah. So Tice is going to start. Smart yes. is going to start. Uh, Pritchard's going to start. Neesmith, I would assume, would have to start, right? Think. Or, did you he's say the only... semi? No, he's out. So 
so they were out yesterday with contact tracing. So I'm assuming I'm going with the seven. I'm going that they're out seven days. I'm just gonna go off of that. So it's gonna it's gonna be Pritchard, Carson, <laughs> Smith, Tyson, Taco as the starting lineup with like whoever's off the bench. Who's that? It's it's Teague yeah. and um. It's gonna be bad. Who is it? Teague, Tremont, and who's the other one? Carson, Pritchard, Smart are the five guards. I think it's gonna be Smart. I think it's going to be Teague, Pritchard, Smart, Nismith, Tice. And then we're going to have Carson, Tremont, and Taco off. The, oh, my God. That's so it's bad. It's like a CYO game. That's so bad. There was I don't have the tweet pulled up, and I don't know if oh, I can even pull it up right now. That's but, um, so bad. It was like career minutes or something like that. And, like, the career minutes for these guys, like, is obviously besides Smart and, like, Teague and Tice – like those other young guys, oh my god! It's the most. It might be the one of the most inexperienced NBA lineups ever. Like it's, if you go off of like career minutes, it, it honestly might like smash whatever the previous record was. And I'm sure we'll see that when they actually do go out there and play. I'm sure they'll have a bunch of just like historical stats, whatever it is. But yeah, this team 20. is gonna be. This team's gonna be in for. I'm kind of happy we're going up against Chicago with this lineup and not Miami because I think Miami would have absolutely spanked us. Um, and I mean Chicago. I mean I'm not saying they're terrible. I mean they're not great, but they're not like terrible. I mean Zach Levine and Kobe White are good. But 2013, yeah. 2013, 2014 vibes yeah. for the next week. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna have a few. Um, yeah, the next week is gonna be interesting. But okay, so let's team. let's just end this on a good note. Okay, this is gonna be the last thing. This and we're gonna end it on a good note. Kemba Walker is coming back soon, guys. Kemba Walker was cleared to practice. Um, this was like a crazy string of news. So it was Kemba Walker's cleared to practice. Awesome. Cool. And then a few minutes later, Brad Stevens was like, yeah, he hasn't felt any pain in his knee in months. Sick. Awesome. Love to hear that. And then the next thing was like, yeah, he might be targeting a return against Orlando this upcoming Friday. All right. All right. So we go from him being able to practice to feeling no pain to him playing in a week. Um, do I, which is weird. It's weird. Because um, they did say like back so in gonna September, be he had pain. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I don't know how they're going to handle it with everyone being out. I think I'm gonna, I'm going to imagine that they're going to bring him back when everyone's healthy. I don't think they're going to bring him back um, in an eight-man lineup where there's uh, five other guards. I they just shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. It just makes <laughs> sense. Um, but Kemba plays just the hearing that news, whether he plays this week or next or the week after, whatever, just hearing that is good news. Um, just the whole no pain his knee really is the biggest thing for me. Um, and when he comes back, uh, I I think this goes without saying, but I he should be on a minutes restriction for a while. He should not be playing 30, 35 minutes until, like, in my honest opinion, at least halfway through the season. Like, at the all-star mark, like, when at that all-star break, he still shouldn't be playing full minutes. Like, I'm just saying that even if he's, like, you know, feeling a lot better, we, 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 we don't want to risk anything. I mean, Danny Ainge said it last year, like, he wasn't completely healthy in the bubble. They didn't push him back, but they didn't play it smart. We need him healthy. We need him 110% for the playoffs. That's what's most important. So as long as he's ready to go then, um, they should just take it easy with him going forward. But regardless, having him back is going to be a huge boost for this team. Whether he plays 10, 15, 20 minutes, it, it's going to be a boost for sure. Yeah, definitely getting him back. I don't want to see him come back during this stretch. There's just no way. No, um, and I think having the minutes restriction is going to be huge because I mean, again, we started off this season seven and three, and we have some big wins against some good teams without him. 
So if he's healthy for the playoffs, he could take us on a big run. So I would, I would love to see us just, um, you know, just take care of him, take care of everyone. And after the Miami Heat win, I had heard that some of the boys might have went out to celebrate the win. Um, so there just has to be better decision making. And considering you were down in the worst absolute place probably in the world right now for COVID, mm-hmm. wasn't very smart. So yeah, that's, it's I, I heard a lot that of, rumor. I hope it's not true. I hope it's not true, but I feel like I feel like it's not true only because I feel like if that happened, the NBA would have gotten involved and there would have been like an investigation because you got to be breaking some type of rules if you're going out and doing that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, there has to be. I mean, there's no rules to break. I mean, look what Harden was doing. I mean, look what Harden was doing. He was breaking NBA rules. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's what I'm saying. I I feel like in that sense, if they were going out and going to clubs and stuff, they would be breaking NBA rule, but. I don't know. I, I don't think the Celtics. I think they're smarter than that. I think the Celtics are smarter than that too. I I think this it. just came down to um they them getting it for some. I mean, Avery Bradley tested positive, and the Celtics played the Heat last week. I mean, that's how Tatum could have gotten it. Bradley was guarding him a good amount during the game. You a know, former Celtic. Yeah, sabotage. Yeah, that was all Pat Riley. That strategy just sabotage COVID. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it's going around like it is, but. Just going back to what we said, just got to keep going through it and just take the blows and just got to keep rolling. That's all you can do. But, um, yeah, I think that's our – I think that's all we have really to talk about today. Um, I wish we had more games to talk about. I wish we had another my, – that Miami game to talk about. But it is what it is. Um, Ryan, do you have anything else to throw in before we, uh, before we call it quits here? I do not. That's pretty much all I got to say. That's pretty much all I have to say too. So thank you guys so much for joining us for episode 25 of Chasing Barons. It's, it's, it's crazy that we made it to 25. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's wild. A, a fourth of the way there to 100. Um, so we, we appreciate everyone, you know, joining along, uh, listening to us each and every week. Um, and just, you know, interacting with us, listening to us blabber about the Celtics and just uh, being great fans as you are. So like always, thank you guys so much. My name is Dante Toro. Follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. All types of NBA Celtics content, content, anything you want to know about me, you can find there. And Ryan, tell everyone where they can find you on social media, bud. You can find me at 401Sheehan on Twitter. You can also find my other podcast, uh, Sheehan's World Pod, at Sheehan's World Pod on Instagram. And then the Twitter is Sheehan World Pod. That's where you can find me. One more time. Uh, one more time. Sheehan um, World Sheehan Pod. Sheehan World Pod. <laughs> Say uh, that no three S times. at the end of Sheehan in the Twitter one, but in the Instagram it's Sheehan's. So it's going to confuse the hell out of you. But figure it out. They'll figure. They'll find out. They, they'll listen. They'll. They're committed to finding you on social media. They'll do whatever it takes uh, to find be you. Committed. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. Um, we'll be back here next week. Um, and just like always, stay safe, stay healthy. God bless, and most importantly, go Celtics. Peace out, guys. Go Celtics.